the book of Ephesians once again. Ephesians chapter number 3. Ephesians 3. Moving our way through Ephesians a little bit. As, as, you, would, as you would think, you know, some of the themes reoccur. And I've, you know, as I've looked, you know, Paul does this. He kind of teases a little bit here and there. And then we'll um, you know, open that theme up even more later in the book. So uh, we'll see some reoccurrence of the themes today. I'm also going to tease, like Paul, and say this is what the this is kind of where we're going, but I'm not going to go there today. So uh, just to give you an idea, everybody, everybody there. All right. You know, my last my last year in seminary was uh, probably my favorite. Um, my I did a I did a one year degree specifically in preaching. And for me, it was, you know, preaching is where the rubber meets the road, so to speak. It, you know, you, you take everything you've learned, right, how to, how to study scripture, how, you know, all the Greek and all the Hebrew and all the really weird words that you learn to describe the theology. And you, you look at how everybody has talked about theology for the last 2,000 years in church history. And you say, okay, now how do you communicate that so that people will hear and understand and grasp hold of it and apply it to their life? And that's, to me, where the rubber meets the road. It, you, know, you, can, you can dispense information all day, but if it's not in a way that people can understand it, if it's not a way that people can remember it, it's not a way that people can apply it to their life, it really doesn't make that much difference. I remember um, it, it was it was great because we we sat around a lot of times. Just uh, we had a small group that was in this degree program. We'd go and meet at the professor's house, and we'd just talk about uh, we'd talk about a book, we'd talk about preaching, we'd talk about ministry, we talked about life, and um, we learned through all these things how to try to communicate the word of God to people in in such a way that they'll get hold of it. So I'm hoping, number one, I hope you are able to get hold of it, but we're going to talk, this Paul gives us a little bit of an insight into what his purpose in preaching is. And if he's given us that, hopefully it will give us some insight of how should we present the gospel. Let me just read this, um, this little bit for us and we'll... Um, I'm going to point out some things here. It says, For this reason I, Paul, the prisoner of Christ Jesus, for the sake of you Gentiles, if indeed you have heard of the stewardship of God's grace which was given to me for you, that by revelation there was made known to me the mystery, as I wrote before in brief. But just pause right there just a second. Mystery is really an interesting word. Um, kind of think of it this way when we're talking about a mystery. Um, anybody ever done like a Where's Waldo? Okay. Or they, they've got new ones out, you know, where you, they give you a picture and you're supposed to find the, the cat or the, you know, the Santa Claus with, you know, with a red nose versus the, the ones with, you know, and you'll sit there for like 20 and 30 minutes going, I can't find it. I can't find it. Or, or even a, a, a word search, right? The word search, you know it's there. The word is there. It's in that jumble of words somewhere, but it's hidden, Okay. That's kind of the mystery that Paul is talking about. It's not something that's not there. It's not something that's not been revealed, but it was hidden. 
And when you look back on it, when somebody gives you the answer, then you can see it right away. Right? It's, it's like, how did I miss that? It was always there. How did I miss it? That's the type of mystery that Paul is describing. Something that has been there, it's been there present, but people just could not see it. Okay? Um, so, that by revelation there was made known to me the mystery, as I wrote before in brief. By referring to this, when you read, read, you can understand my insight into the mystery of Christ, which in other generations was not made known to the sons of men, as it has now been revealed to his holy apostles and prophets in the Spirit, to be specific, that the Gentiles are fellow heirs and fellow members of the body, fellow partakers of the promise in Christ Jesus through the gospel, of which I was made a minister according to the gift of God's grace, which was given to me according to the working of his power. To me, the very least of all saints, this grace was given to preach to the Gentiles the unfathomable riches of Christ and to bring to light uh, what is the administration of the mystery which for ages has been hidden in God who created all things. So that the manifold wisdom of God might now be made known through the church to the rulers and the authorities in the heavenly places. This was in accordance with the eternal purpose which he carried out in Christ Jesus our Lord, in whom we have boldness and confident access through faith in him. Yeah, go back to uh, verse 8. Let me read verse 8 again. So, to me, the very least of all saints, this grace was given. Why? To preach to the... So two things. To preach to the Gentiles the unfathomable riches of Christ and, to number two, to bring to light what is the administration of the mystery which is for ages has been hidden in God who created all things. Why? Let me, actually, let me, I'm going to write this down. Okay, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you my points ahead of time again, which I don't often do. All right, so um, to the very least, verse 8, the grace was given to preach to the Gentiles, right? And what? To... Go ahead. Light uh, to oops admin. Okay, and then the result. If you want to go one plus two is three, right? The result is what? The manifold wisdom of God might be made known through the church to the rulers and the authorities in heavenly places. Um, can't write that direction. Yes. That explains it to me a lot better. <laughs> it, it, it's a really interesting word. 
um, it, it's 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 like a um, it's like a mosaic. So it's a, it is multifaceted. It's a, that's a that's a really good word. It's a it's a very interesting word in scripture. So the the multifaceted wisdom uh, of God is going to be made known. So here's the purpose, and we're going to talk about that. Paul expounds on on this later in the book. So I'm not going to talk about that today. <laughs> but the idea is that um, you know he is preaching, and the result is that this wisdom of God is going to be given out everywhere to the earth and to the principalities and powers. Okay, that's our job. That's our purpose. But what does he do? He's going to preach to the Gentiles and um, give light to the administration of the mystery. But let me let me talk about this this Gentile aspect for just a minute. So we, we talked a little bit in the last couple of weeks. Who were the Gentiles? Non-Jews. Non-Jews. Now, did they have a really good relationship? Okay, <laughs> I was like, no. No. All right. So, all right. I, w- I want you to con- consider this. All right. Um, the uh, a Jew was not allowed to hang out with the Gentiles. They weren't allowed to eat with the Gentiles. They couldn't just go hang out in their house. Right? Correct? Right? So Paul is a Jew, and a, 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 he is not only a Jew, but he is a, a Pharisee. He is one who is holy. He is a minister for the Jews. I mean, he, he, is, he is a fanatic for the Jews. He knows all these rules. He's followed all these rules. Right? Okay? And what does he say? God has sent him to go to the Gentiles. Priest, he, he, God sends him to preach cross-culturally. Right, so consider everything that Paul does that is totally opposite of what he's been taught. Okay, I'm not talking theologically as much as practically. Don't hang out with the Gentiles. Okay, I'm going to go to them. Don't go into their house. Okay, I'm going to go into their house. Don't eat with the Gentiles. Okay, well, let's break bread. Let's, let's eat together. By the way, let's eat meat that's been sacrificed to idols. Okay, think about that for just a minute, all right? Right, I I know we'll we'll walk into a bookstore. We do this, you know, we'll walk into a bookstore or a store and we'll we'll see these books that like um, about fortune telling and tarot cards or whatever and we take one look, go, okay, witchcraft, we're going to go to the next store, right? Anybody else do that? All right, we, and that's that's a faith choice for us. But um, Paul would go into the Areopagus, where there's all these gods. Right, that's where he went. Yeah, I'm going to go preach there. You know, we and, and maybe I need more faith to be able to walk in and, and you know. Pre- but Paul is Paul is in the these aren't you know. Like you're going to the Met, where you have all of these very ancient, you know, thing, you know, you have a, a statue of of um, 
of Jupiter, you know, or you have a statue of, of Venus or whatever, and you go, oh, that's beautiful. I can't believe how they did that. You know, but for that time, these were the things that they worshipped. They sacrificed to them. They, oftentimes, they, they would oftentimes, you know, they'd cut themselves or they would, they would offer sacrifice. They would worship these things. Where does Paul go to preach? Right in the middle of this stuff. God calls Paul to preach cross-culturally. And God, I believe, is calling us to preach cross-culturally too. You know, it's um, when, when you when you look around at us, we're very, very similar. Even if we're not talking about age gap, because there's there's some age gap, but we're very, very similar. And I'm not even talking about you know maybe maybe we're, we we were born in different parts of the country. You know, even if we we've got um, you know other uh, people from other countries, you know, or other. Races that are, we, we're all very similar. We, we, we talk Christianese really well, right? We, we, we've, we've grown up, a, a lot of us, whether some of us grown up in the church all of our lives, some of us have, you know, been Christians for 30, 40 years, you know. But we, we're all very, very similar. We're very similar in how we talk. We're very similar in the knowledge that we have. We're very and I believe that God is calling us to be more cross-cultural in how we interact, in the people we speak to. Now, sometimes that means you go somewhere. Sometimes it doesn't. You know, I, um, did who, anybody meet Keith Wheeler when he was here? Yeah, carrying the cross? This guy, talk about cross-cultural. Uh, you know, there's how many, how many countries in the world? 270? I'm sorry, what? 179. He's been in probably, he's been in probably three-quarters of the countries in the world. In fact, uh, I, I had something that I wanted to share with him just as an encouragement the other day. I sent him a text message, and he said, Hello from uh, Equatorial Guinea. On the west coast of Africa, I went, you're where? <laughs> right? I mean, this guy has been all over the place. That's cross-cultural. But, you know, it doesn't mean to be cross-cultural doesn't mean you have to go all over the place. You can step right outside the doors here and talk to somebody that is different than us. Maybe they're the same race as us. Maybe it's the same age. Maybe, But you know what? The generation that we have, we need to be able to speak to them in the language that they need. Maybe that's Spanish. Maybe some of you need to learn another language. But I'm talking about we, we need to speak their language. Now, in all of this, and I, this is very, I need to make this very, very clear because I'm going to be kind of trying to push people a little bit today very very gently but um, I'm not talking about uh, sacrificing our beliefs okay I'm not talking about compromising what we believe at all Jesus 
did not compromise in what he believed. Right? But maybe there are some things that are in us that, that we may, maybe some values that aren't biblical. There are biblical values that we should not compromise, and maybe some things that we hold as tradition that we need to be pushed a little bit on, that we need to say, okay, I am going to be able to speak to these people in a language that they, um, that they need to be spoken to in. I'm going to go someplace that, um, to some people that are totally unlike me so that I can interact with them. I think that, very honestly, Jesus would probably be kicked out of 90% of the churches today, and you'd find him probably hanging out in the bars and loving on people. My opinion, but I think that's where he would find him. In fact, I have a, a friend of mine. Um, I'm not going to tell any names in case you run into him one day, but a friend of mine was way out in the world. Talk way out in the world. And um, he, uh, he went to one of these, um, shall I say, adult bars and uh, was witnessed to by a waitress in one of those adult bars. Are we willing to go into where it's uncomfortable for us? Are we willing to be stretched and pushed? And, and like, again, not compromising our, va- our, our biblical values, not compromising our beliefs, still saying this is sin and I'm going to call this sin, right? But we've got to be able to speak the language of the people. We have to be able to speak the language that they're speaking. We have to be able to talk about social justice. We may not agree that everything that's going, that they're saying, but we need to be able to speak about it. We need to be able to understand and then present to them the gospel in such a way that they will get hold of it and grasp it. What can you do to be able to learn the language of the people? You know, I'm, I'm, reading, I'm reading a book. I've mentioned it before. Um, it's uh, uh, called The Rise and Triumph of the Modern Self by Carl Truman. And as I was thinking about this message and you know, being cross-cultural and being able to speak the language of the people, I'm thinking, I was, was reflecting on this book. I'm like, okay, this book will help me to understand where this generation is. Because I tell you, I'm, I'm, I'm preaching to myself here. Okay, I need to learn how to speak to this generation because I, it, it, it blows me away and I don't understand them. So I need to learn how to speak to the generation. Now, the Holy Spirit can help us, but we also need to, to learn and be willing to, A, learn that language and B, go to those places where the people are. My temptation is to just kind of, you know, somebody starts bringing up something to just say, Jesus loves you and I disagree. Come to church someday. Right? Instead of being able to engage and to be able to speak to them in that language and then to introduce the gospel. I believe God's calling us to be cross-cultural. 
in the way we demonstrate the gospel. And I want to challenge you. How, how can you become more cross-cultural? What can, is there a book that you can read that, that will help you to understand more the language of, of, of this generation? Look, a lot of you that grew up in the Jesus movement, I would bet there was an older person that decided to be cross-cultural and to enter into that movement and to say, come on. Let me, let, me, let me speak to you in that language. Let me take a chance on you. Let me, let me dress a little bit differently. Let me listen to the music that you, that's going on, and even if it's different than me, I'm going to enter into that so that we can win this generation. And it's time once again to be open to those people to come in and that for us to preach um, to, for us to preach cross-culturally, to cross the boundaries of tradition, to cross the boundaries, whether it is of ethnicity or race or socioeconomic class or um, you know, uh, sexual orientation. Like I said, we're maintaining our beliefs, we're maintaining our standards, but we are willing to get where they are so that we might demonstrate the gospel and bring them to where they need to be. Paul was willing to do that with the Gentiles, to go places where nobody else of his group went, to speak to the people that nobody else would speak to, to sit and eat with the people that nobody else would eat with, to, to speak in a language that they would understand and to give them a gospel that would change their life. We need to be willing to do the same. And then, you know, Paul says the, uh, to bring to light, which is the administration of the mystery, which for ages has been hidden in God who created all things. What is, um, by the way, so we just read about the mystery. What, what is the mystery? Right? The, the mystery is that the, the, um, that the kingdom would be opened up to the Gentiles. Right? It, for for uh, millennia, it had been just a physical children of Abraham thing. And the Jews were like, oh, we're it. We're the people of God. This is it. And all of a sudden, Paul says, no, no, wait, wait, time out. This has been opened up. This has been opened up to the Gentiles and the Jews. You have to believe in Jesus. It's not just about a, a physical, uh, relational thing, you know, where it's, a, it's, a, it's about a, a generational people group. No, it is, it's about belief in the promised child. And when you believe in that promised child, whether you're Jew or Gentile, you are the people of God, right? That's the mystery. What is the administration, this, this word, the, somebody might have a different word there than administration. What? You have a different word, anybody? Um, verse 9. The plan? The plan? So, um, it's, it's, it's only 
it's not used very often in the New Testament, but Paul defines it in uh, chapter 1, verse 10. It says, with a view to an administration suitable to the fullness of times, that is, the summing up of all things in Christ, things in the heavens and things uh, on the earth. All right, so you've got this, this idea that um, you've got the mystery. Uh, you've got the Jews and the Gentiles, right? They're coming together, and Jesus himself is the one, right? He's the king. He's the one that is, is bringing everything together into one new man so that he will fill all things. Now, let me push a little bit further here. If we are preaching cross-culturally, if we're reaching out to people, if we're going to where they are, what if they start coming to our church? And look, we don't have a problem with this. You guys are loving, you're caring, you're wonderful. Um, you are welcoming. But I want to make sure that I put this out here before it happens. When we have drug dealers that walk in, when we have prostitutes that walk in, when we have girls that dance in bars at night walk in, when we have people walk in from uh, different races, different socioeconomic classes, different uh, whole different lifestyles, when we have people walk in that they, they are dressed as the opposite sex than what they actually are, how are we going to handle that? Paul says we need, we need to look and we, we say, okay, we are one new man. Think about this. The Jews and the Gentiles that are like, like oil and water, okay? God has found a way to make the oil and the water come together and not separate. That's pretty cool. That's only a God thing. And yet, you know, the, the church is one of the most segregated groups, I believe, in the, in the whole country. Yeah, and, and some of it is, some of it's just how things happen. You know, I, I grew up in a, in a town that was very, very Caucasian. We, we had, uh, my high school was very, very white, and it wasn't, there was any racism, it's just that that's what it was. And uh, when I went to ORU, um, there was, uh, there was a probably almost 50-50 or 60-40 black and white group, which was, for me, very, very different. But it was awesome. I loved it. I tell you, it took me a year and a half, but I finally learned how to clap on the offbeat. <laughs> and it was great. I, I, I remember in chapel, totally, this is totally aside, but you know, we'd, we'd be in chapel and... Um, I'd be I'd be standing next to one of my sisters. We we sat with our, our brother and sister wing, and uh, you know I had some really great um, uh, black sister friends that were just uh, wonderful. And 
And I, you know what, I'd sit there, and I'm like, okay, how do you do that? And so I'm like, okay, uh, I finally learned how to clap. And uh, it's amazing, right? But I, I, loved the, I loved it that we were, we were one, and we were from different cultures. We were from different backgrounds, different races. But, you know, we all got to worship Jesus together, and we got to, to uh, work off of that and, and, and look at the different cultural backgrounds. Our, our church in, in Oklahoma that we were at for many years, um, we probably had 25 or 30% Nigerians in the church, and it was amazing. Loved it. Loved it. Every once in a while, you know, they'd, they'd come in their Nigerian garb, just beautiful, beautiful dresses and the headdresses. And one of the, the most awesome things is when they had a baby dedication because they did the de- dedication. You know, the pastor would, would kind of do the, the service, but they would come in and all of them dressed up and they'd all be clapping and holding this baby like he was, uh, like he was Simba, you know, and, go, and dancing around. And it was amazing. The cross-culturalism is, is awesome, but that's the kingdom of God, is taking everybody from all the different walks and making them into one. But it might be that people walk in, they're looking totally different from us. How are we going to act? We're going to be one. We're not going to compromise our beliefs. We'll call sin, sin but we're going to love them, right? We're going to incorporate them. We're going to, we're, going to, we're going to bring them in. And we're going to bring in, look, I don't care what they look like. Send us the prostitutes. Send us the druggies. Send us the ones that, you know, they don't, they, they, they're dirty. And send us the ones that don't have a home. Let's bring them in. We'll love on them. We'll clean them up if we have to. We'll give them clothes. We'll, We'll feed him a good food. We'll show him how to act as, as sons and daughters of the king. Right? That's what Paul said to bring the two into one new man. There isn't division in Jesus. In Jesus, there isn't black and white. There isn't Jew or Gentile. There isn't man or woman or slave or free. That's Galatians, right? There's one. There's not rich or poor. There's not dirty or clean. There's not this lifestyle or that lifestyle. There's one. And remember what I said. We're not compromising our beliefs. We're going to still state this is sin and this is not. Get out of your sin. But... But when they come in, you love them. And as long as you're saying, look, come. You know what? Take this step. We're going to walk you through it. We're not kicking you out. We're going to walk you through. And I want us to be prepared that when we have the people walk in that don't look like us, let's be ready for it. Let's embrace it. Let's be the one to to hop out of our seat and say, you know what? You take my seat because you're special. You're important. You, 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 you take this because you, you are special no matter what they look like. And I believe that God is going to be exalted in that. Here's what 
here's what I really want to challenge everybody. Kind of the, the first step today, and I've I've already mentioned it. But I want I want to I want to pray for us for two things. Number one, I want to challenge you and ask you what can you do to become more cross cultural. For me, I'm I'm reading this book. I'm going to read this book, and I'm going to try to learn more about this generation so I can communicate better with this generation. That's that's my thing. I'm telling you right up front. Okay. I'm 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 going to get through this book. It's it's thick. It's it's not easy. It's not one that you sit down and just read for your pleasure on Sunday afternoon. Okay? It is it is a it is a doctoral type book, you know, it um but what are you going to do? Is there something that you can do to either enrich yourself or is there a place you can go? I want to challenge you. What is that thing? All right? And then I'm going to ask if you'd pray with me that the Lord would send some people in. That even if it's to send them in to tell us what their generation's about. Even if it's to come in and just say, you know what, you don't know how to, how to speak to us, but I can tell you how. That's fine with me. Right? That they would come in and they would, they would be that mediator, if you will. They would, they would instruct us in how to better reach this generation. Or that God would just send people in from all walks of life so that they can get saved. All right? Can we can we pray for that together today? So um, let's let's just go to the Lord in prayer, and I'm gonna I'm gonna ask. Um, uh, I just want to ask a question. I want you to respond to the Lord in your heart first before we uh, ask the Lord together. But what can you do? Are you willing to be cross cultural? And what is that one thing, that first step at least, that you're going to do? And if, if you have that, would you just make that commitment to the Lord? If you want to raise your hand, if you want to put your hand over your heart, if you want to whatever, but make that commitment to the Lord. I'm, I'm raising my hand. Lord, I'm going to read this book. I'm going to know better how to communicate with this generation. And Lord, we, we pray as a, as a congregation today, send us people. Lord, if you want to send some Christians who are in the mix of everything that can tell us and say, look, this is, this is how you do it. This is, what you, need to, this is what, what you need to change so you can talk to these people, so you can enter in. Lord, send us, send us those people. If you want to just send us, send us people that are not saved. Lord, send us the... Lord, send, Lord, send us the, the people who need help. Lord, send us those who are on drugs who need to get off. Send us the prostitutes. Send us those who are um, trafficked and being and doing the trafficking. Send us the, the, the dealers. Send us the druggies, Lord. Lord, send us even, um, send us those who are uh, 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 professors at, at um, Eastern. That they don't look like us, but let, let them break, let them come in. Lord, send us business owners. Send us those who are in the mid, 
in the mix of everything in this generation. They can speak to this generation, can tell us and show us how to speak to this generation. Lord, whether it is the upper echelon or whether it's the lowest, Lord, whether it is they look like they have everything all together or whether it's someone who will come in and say, I have nothing together. Lord, send them in so that we can give them your gospel and that we can become one man in Jesus. United. And we can fulfill our purpose in this earth. Lord, I thank you for each person here. Lord, I thank you. Lord, I know I know the hearts of these wonderful folks you have here. And every one of them I know says, yes, Lord, yes, Lord, bring them. Yes, Lord, yes, Lord, we'll do it. Lord, I thank you so much that everyone has that heart. Thank you for the love. Lord, I, I pray that you will, Lord, give us people that we can pass that love and that knowledge and wisdom and the gifts that you've given to each one of us that we can pass that along to. Lord, I bless everybody here in the name of Jesus. Thank you. In Jesus' name. Amen.